0: Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me.
1: Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word.
2: Hello, I'm Promise, and you're listening to day of prayer's morning Bible study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, Kyla, can you open us up in prayer? Yes, I can.
3: In your name, Lord Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for today, God, and we welcome you into our midst and give you free free reign to move in our midst and through our Bible study to interject and to show us what it is you would have us teach about today, God. We thank you for all our listeners and our partners for the ministry, God, and we ask that you keep them and you bless them, God, and that... You inspire and you stir them up on the inside, God, so they can hear Your voice. We ask all these things in Your name, with Jesus, Amen. In
0: Jesus name, amen. Amen. Well, welcome. We are excited to continue our study in the book of Daniel, and we are blessed that we have our dear brother and the Lord Dean with us again. <laughs> Turning this into a regular thing, and we are grateful and thankful. Yes, yes. yes. So. so welcome, brother.
4: Well, thanks for inviting me in person.
1: <laughs> it's good to have You're you in most person. Most welcome.
0: Absolutely. Yes. So, all right. Well, let's get to the word, shall we? Can I? We're in Daniel chapter nine today. Can I get a volunteer to read the first nineteen verses? I will. All right, Layla.
5: In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, if the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books of the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish seventy years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments, we have sinned and committed iniquity, we have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us shame of face, as it is this day, to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, those near and those far off in all the countries to which you have driven them, because of the unfaithfulness which they have committed against you. O Lord, to us belongs shame of face, to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against them. We have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. Yes, all Israel has transgressed your law and has departed so as to not obey your voice. Therefore, the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. And he has confirmed his words, which he spoke against us and against our judges who judged us by bringing upon us a great disaster, for under the whole heaven such has never been done as what has been done to Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us, yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. Therefore the Lord has kept the disaster in mind, and brought it upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous in all the works which he does, though we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and made yourself a name, as it is this day, we have sinned, we have done wickedly. O oh Lord, according to all your righteousness, I pray, let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people are a reproach to all those around us. Now therefore, our God, hear the prayer of your servant and his supplications, and for the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary, which is desolate, O my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds, but because you are of great mercies. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God, for your city and your people are called by your name.
0: Amen. Well, there's a lot in there. So, as is our custom, I want to open it up to you guys to share what the Holy Spirit has or is speaking to you and for you to ask any questions you may have.
2: I found it interesting inside of this passage that you can see that the Lord reasons with. Daniel, I'd say, and he allows Daniel to speak. He's not saying, be quiet, I'm your God. Do not tell me how to act. But you see that he is willing and able to listen to our supplications and our prayers. And how, I wouldn't say he necessarily talks to us as an equal, but he allows us to come to him with our prayers and desires, I say. Mm -hmm.
1: That's it. Go
3: ahead. I would like to point out how um, in this passage of scriptures, Daniel was reminding the Lord who who God was and all the good attributes about God. Although God only has good attributes, but Daniel was reminding God and praising God for what he's done so far. And in various parts of the script of the Bible, We see that God reminds the people, I'm the God that brought you out of Egypt. And Daniel reminded God, you're the God that did this for us. You delivered us. And if you delivered us then, you'll deliver us now. You keep your word. Although we haven't done these things, you'll still keep your word to us. Because you're a faithful God. And, one second. And Daniel was making intercession for the other people. And recently we've been learning how to be grateful and how showing gratitude towards the Lord is, helps activate your faith but also stirs you up on the inside. And if you can only think about, in, you can only have one train of thought, think about how good God is and everything he's done for you. And list out every good thing he does for you each and every day. Because God doesn't need to be reminded of how good he is. It's for us. And it stirs up our faith on the inside. And you can see here Daniel stirring up his faith and declaring his trust in the Lord. And reminding himself and God and praising God in the act of reminding God what he's already done. And he's a good God and what he will do because he said he'll do it.
0: Absolutely. What are you going to say, Layla?
5: Almost to the point that Kyla was making, it. looking at Daniel's prayer and supplication to the Lord, it reminded me of Moses in Exodus 32 when you see that Aaron's going to make the golden calf out of all the people's gold. And reading from verses 9 through 14, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and indeed it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, and I will make of you a great nation. Then Moses pleaded with the Lord his God and said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak and say, He brought them out to harm them, to kill them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath and relent from this harm to your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of I give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. So the Lord relented from the harm which he said he would do to his people. You can see God's justice and Both accounts, he's not winking the eye at wickedness and going, okay, I'll just sweep it under the rug. But he's not going, well, you messed up this one, so now you're going to be blotted off the face of the earth. You see, he gives us more than one chance to come back to him. And then it does come a point where he's like, okay, that's enough. It's it's time. We need, in the words of, I think it was Paul, turn that one soul over to the devil so that he may learn not to blaspheme. He could be brought back to the Lord it does reach that point sometimes. And it's not that God is so wicked and awful. And
1: not wicked at
5: all. Right. He's only a good God, and it's not that he's bad and, oh, he's just harsh and he doesn't care for anybody, but it's that he's just and he does things righteously and how it should be done. We often have that misconception that God should just be rainbows and gumdrops when, no, he's got the disciplinary side to it as well because he chastens those he loves and and you're foolish to despise the chastening of the lord if he's disciplining you that means he loves you and he wants good for you so that should be a blessing and a joy to see not something to be ugh and despise and be disgusted with
1: Mm -hmm. well we we know by the word that the penalty of sin is what death death so if anybody is seeing death in their life it's not because god is bringing it And, excuse me, in this this scripture, and as you mentioned, God is a good God. So because of unconfessed sin, that measure that we talked about in chapter 8, the transgression reaching its fullness, when sin reaches its fullness, it brings forth death. So transgression is sin, right? Transgression, sin. When they reach that metric, This is what happens in the spiritual realm. This is a spiritual law. Now, the grace of God and the mercy of God supersedes that law, right? Yes. Yes. But if you don't bring it under the covering and the repentance of Jesus Christ, and we would say the blood of Jesus, it's still there. And it's still going to bring forth the harvest that spiritually is allotted to it. Mm -hmm. So we can't get mad at God or say somehow, God, you're not righteous because... Sin is reaching its fullness. Our own sin has been allowed to reach its fullness. It's still on the books. It's still measuring up. And now it's bringing forth the natural end result. That's not God's fault. And when Daniel is talking here, if you look at Ezekiel um, chapter 18, excuse me, and chapter 33, God is speaking and he's speaking through the prophet, and he's talking to them. He's like, you guys say my way is not fair. But you're the one that's out of line. They were Your accusing God. Fair. Exactly. They were accusing God in their thought processes and their, their vocabulary, their words that they were speaking of being unjust in the way that he was doing things. So if somebody is sinning, they should just go on sinning and still somehow inherit blessing. That's not how it works. That is not the spiritual law that has been set up, and God does not violate his own word And he put these laws in place for a reason, for a purpose. And he said, but no, it's you who is not fair. You who has the problem. So Daniel's approach here of acknowledging his own sin is the right way to go about it versus going, well, you should just accept it, Lord. Because that's what I think it should be. Um, Well, let's let's (coughs) go
0: back a little bit in there too, right? Because this chapter begins by discussing... Or by Daniel stating hey I was reviewing the writings of Jeremiah mm-hmm. and that's how I came to understand hey there's 70 years of desolation in Jeremiah chapter 25 it's made abundantly clear I like it it's just is said very very plainly uh verse Jeremiah 25 verse 12 and in 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 chapter 25 the Lord is saying hey there's going to be this desolation, you're going to go into captivity, but then also explains the why. But again, Jeremiah 25:12 states it very plainly, then it will come to pass when 70 years are completed that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of the Chaldeans for their iniquity, says the Lord, and I will make it a per- perpetual desolation. And he continues, 13 and 14, he says, So I will bring on that land all my words which I have pronounced against it, all that is written in this book which Jeremiah has prophesied concerning all the nations. Verse 14, For many nations and great kings shall be served by them also, and I will repay them according to their deeds and according to the works of their own hands. But even in that, right? So even with that answer given and stated plainly, how do the people... That is Israel, under Jeremiah's time react. They didn't heed the words. They didn't turn from their their sin, their iniquity towards the Lord. And even in chapter twenty eight, you have a you have Hananiah, a false prophet, says, No, it's not going to be like Jeremiah says. It's going to only be two years, and then we're going to come back. Like the Lord said what he said. He meant it. It's for a reason. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what it's, what's going to take place. And then what is Jeremiah's response? All right? Initially, just says, well, hey, may the Lord bring about what you say.
1: Yeah, if you've heard from the Lord, that's Then we
0: think, okay, well, awesome. You know, like, it's okay if I'm wrong. Like,
1: it's not you know? what he told me, but
0: hey, right? yeah. Exactly. But then, here in verse 12 of chapter, Jeremiah twenty-eight twelve, where the word of the Lord comes back to Jeremiah and says, no, 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 nope. This is what's going to happen. It was a a yoke of wood, but now because you, the people, have continued in disobedience and rebelliousness in in their sin or iniquity, that is, I'm going to take that yoke of wood and I'm going to replace it with a yoke of iron. So the the furtherance, if you will, this is the the lesson, the furtherance of disobedience and, and sin and iniquity and transgressions only puts us in a worse state, right? And you see that. And then you see the judgment pronounced uh, to Hananiah in verse 16, where, this is Jeremiah chapter 28, where he says, you're going to die because you taught the people rebellion against the Lord. So when we were looking at Daniel, Daniel's reading all this. And of course, this this comes, there's a a new kingdom, We've, we've almost gone to, I'll say present time, right? Because if we read in chapter, as we read in chapter six, there was uh, Darius had had already come in and to- taken over the kingdom, but then in chapter seven and eight, it was almost like a, uh, a rewind, a
1: flashback, a flashback. Of a flashback mm-hmm. Thank
0: you. And Belshazzar was still Nebuchadnezzar's son was still the king, and now we've almost caught back up, if you will, in chapter nine where Darius is is the king again. Uh, So we're in that time. But I love how, after reading all this, and clearly Daniel's still seeking the Lord on these dreams and these visions that he's been shown and and listening to what the Lord's saying, but also in context, in relation to what the Lord's already spoken and what's happening, right? And uh, I love how when... He reads this and it becomes plain or clear to him. The first thing he does is not to question or blame other people on why they're there and why he's had to experience and endure all the things that he has experienced over the course of his life up to this point, just being in captivity. He humbles himself. puts on sackcloth, ashes, he fasts and he makes a confession to the Lord he and, and acknowledges his own sin and iniquity after acknowledging who the Lord is that's in verse 4 he, the Lord is a great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and those who keep his commandments right but it says Daniel I pray to the Lord my God and make confession and then in verse 5 then it it expands beyond himself, and to the people. And he makes prayers and supplications, or or as Kylie pointed out, intercedes for all the people. That's significant. It's important. He doesn't look at the circumstances and situation that he's experienced and is experiencing and blames anyone for it. He checks himself, judges himself, now, and I find that fascinating because this is the person who, like we've discussed from the beginning of this book, has done nothing but serve the Lord out of love and purposed to not defile himself in any way, him and his, his companions, right? And in spite of everything he's endured and gone through, he's still checking himself to make sure that he is in right standing with the Lord, and I think that's that's a, a an awesome example of how we all should be. Not looking at anyone else or calling on anyone else's faults, if you will, but checking ourselves before the Lord, making sure we are perfect, blameless, and holy as he is holy, while then also interceding for the people. As I look at that, to me it's a I'm reminded of the the words spoken in the Chronicles. If my people humble themselves, repent, turn from their wicked ways, seek my face, then I'll answer from heaven. I'll forgive their sins and heal their land. And this is what that looks like. There's an example that we all should understand. And apply to our lives. Any questions on that?
2: No. Okay. Any comments? Yes.
0: Go for it, promise.
2: Okay, can go.
4: All right. I was just hoping you'd clarify a few things. Make sure we're all on the same page. Please. Uh, so first off, when he's making reference to the scriptures, is he including Jeremiah in that or not? And then, I, I, I may be mistaken, um, pardon my, my uh, ignorance, but weren't um, Daniel and Jeremiah around about the same time?
0: There is that um, that reference, yes. Um, but now Jeremiah, uh, being a prophet, so in verse 2, Daniel says very plainly, I understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet. So, if you read Jeremiah, right, Jeremiah, I believe it's in chapter 9.
4: No, I was just trying to make sure that he was including Jeremiah as part of the scriptures. Yes, right. and, and, and yes. you see that right there. In my version, it's a little, he says, I'm reading the scriptures, and then he says, and according to the word. So, we just want to make sure we're making that clear yes. that it's that's, that's included. Yes. Yes.
1: Jeremiah wrote letters to, to the captives. To the captives. Right, that, right. Were, that were taken away in right. Babylon, and um, that was part of the the yoke.
4: Right, but Daniel's but, imputing that as being part of the scriptures. Right, because Absolutely. it was the spoken word of God. Right, yes. right. So I just want to be clear about that, that that's yes. what's included in that. Yes. But I thought that there was overlap in their lives. Weren't they both around about the same time?
1: Yeah, there were, but I think maybe age, age-wise age there might have been a difference. Yeah, for right. them. yeah
4: but, but they were both like um, <clears throat> early six hundred, late 500s. There were at least some overlap in their lives there. Yes, because these yeah. had
1: been taken captive while Jeremiah was alive. Right. That That – whole thing happened and they some of them went captive, captive to Babylon and Jeremiah oh. was still writing letters to them while they're captives and it says in Daniel chapter 1 these were brought and it references multiple times when it describes Daniel and his friends these were of the captives brought from Babylon not people that were born here from the captives mm-hmm. if, if that mm-hmm. makes sense well I just
4: saying it's just interesting that in Jeremiah's time they this had already been accepted as scripture of the word of God yeah, you know, by others. Absolutely. Yeah, just you know, just sometimes we look at this like, oh, this was ancient stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But this was real happening right then, for real, mm-hmm. right then, right. This is what's going on. Jeremiah's writing about it; it's happening, and people are recognizing it as what it is. So, as gospel, just, if you will. Yeah, yes. well, giving authority to what it is, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's just interesting to Daniel's giving that that authority there, and that mm-hmm. there was overlap in their lives. This is something that's real to both of them. What they're experiencing it's not from a different time frame. Mm-hmm. That's bringing that in. And then I just, the other thing I thought was it. That, it's a beautiful,
0: know. beautiful thought and perspective, brother, because it, it, it goes to us on how are we interpreting the word of the Lord when it comes from a brother and sister, not just what's written, but what he's saying to or, or through another brother or sister in Christ. Mm-hmm. Our, our, like the word of the Lord is both written and spoken. Mm-hmm. Who, did, who did Moses get it from? The Lord taught him, right, and he gave him the history right, up to that point. Right, that's, that's where it begins, with the books of Moses, if you will. Now, yes, Job was written prior to, right? However, Moses got it directly from the Lord. And as he's writing, and as you were pointing out, the fact that Jeremiah was, there was overlap in that time. And Daniel, and others clearly, took the writings, what Jeremiah was writing, the breathed-out word of the Lord, Mm -hmm. spoken or given through Jeremiah, and understood it was truth. Mm -hmm. It took it as gospel, as it should be, as the word of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think there's also a message in there for us. Like, How are we handling or or are we fully grasping what the Lord is speaking to us when he speaks through another brother or sister in Christ? Mm -hmm. The Lord
1: said it like this, He who has ears to hear, Mm -hmm. let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord says to the church. So that means we're always listening on on the ready right to hear the spoken word of to hear the word of God and to take the inspired word of the Lord and we're right we're able to rightly divide and discern it Yeah um, oh, you,
0: you had another point you want to make there brother
4: Well just it it was similar first, to what you were saying is but it's um you know there's a presumption here we have to be careful with presumptions, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a presumption here that uh, it was a regular habit of Daniel to search the scriptures. So this is something that was not like, mm-hmm. oh, for the first time in forever, I decided to see what was in the Bible because I had nothing else to do today, <laughs> or I realized there was a lot of dust on my Bible and it hadn't been off the shelf in a long time. Of course, he's referring to the scriptures because it wasn't the Bible; it was different, certainly, mm-hmm. right? But but there's that component I think that we uh, certainly are okay with making that inference. The other one is just being direct, because you brought it about, but I don't think you were like really like concise and direct in that. Okay. Encountering God's word brings change to us. Absolutely. And and a good measure of that is it, it humbles us and helps us identify our own sin mm-hmm. and our understanding of who God is and who we are before God. And that's what happened here with Daniel. Amen. Clearly was changed by encountering God through his word to mm-hmm. the point where He understood his sin, wanted to repent of his sin and make a change. And then, of course, then his heart poured out for his fellow brethren, which is consistent with what the Christian message should always be. God's word should bring about change that makes us first reflective upon ourselves and where we are in our own relationship with God and how we can increase and better that. And then how can we make the world better because of that? It's never just for ourselves, but it's for others as well. And that's clearly what he did here. was impacted in that way.
0: And you see that same message um, uh, as you were speaking. I was reminded of Paul. He says the message, even the message I bring, first applies to me and then to others that I'm going to bring it to, right? So, so that I don't lose out. And you see that, that same principle here with Daniel. Hey, it applies to me first. I have to make things right with the Lord. And it's easy to look on the surface and say well but Daniel walked with the Lord he was walking with him the whole time throughout this captivity clearly I mean look at all the times the Lord delivered him but mm-hmm. still he he recognized hey I, I'm a man and I need to I need to make sure I'm in right standing with the Lord mm-hmm. that our relation my relationship with the Lord isn't tainted there's nothing that separates me from him mm-hmm. so I mean I think that's it's huge and again it's a pattern example for all of us
1: hmm You know, Dean, you mentioned what happens to us when we encounter the word the word of God and that it should produce change when we handle it correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's sometimes God can come, you know, his word says something and we're like, oh, I don't agree with that. You know, and we harden our hearts or um tense up concerning it because we, we're not our heart has not been prepared fully to receive it yet. So I love that you said that. And it also inspires us to make sure that we're able to receive the word of god and then when we do we have the appropriate response to it and it, that has to be a purposeful response to the word to go the right direction which is what the holy spirit sent. gave us the word for it is profitable for doctrine and reproof to correct us okay. so you know if if we notice that we see the word and it makes us go, Ur, Lord,
5: uh, I don't agree with that.
1: Okay. Well, then then that's a, an indicator. That's the light coming on on the engine going, hey, hey. <laughs>
0: something's not right here. Let's- get back in your lane.
4: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and with God, that means you're not God, I am. That's exactly. what get back in your exactly. lane means. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And Daniel took that approach. He took said, it to heart. you're God. Mm-hmm. And no matter how righteous I think I am, how justified my actions may be, how well I've done so far, it pales in comparison to you. It's nothing without you. So um, taking that, that humility and that humble perspective, exalting God to his rightful place and taking ownership and accountability, like we mentioned before, like if there's a conflict between what you think and what God said, you're wrong. I mean, sure. <laughs> just 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 go ahead and count it, put it in your pocket, mm-hmm. s- settle yourself on that. When it comes to you and him, if something is out of line, it is most certainly you, not God, not him, but you. Ex- <laughs> it's not him; it's you, <laughs> right, <laughs> right? Exactly. First um, John chapter one, verse eight says, "If." If we say that we have no sin, we deceive deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. And you see these same concepts coming forth in Daniel. And I love to look at God's word as a believer and bridge where we are today and see he's the same God then. He's the same merciful God that said, bring your sin, confess it. Uh-huh. Don't leave it just lingering where where transgression is building up. Bring it in. Repent. Repent so that way I can intervene on your behalf. I can step in with that shield of grace and keep you from falling, keep you from stumbling. Or if you have already fallen, I can bring you back. Return to me and I'll return to you. That didn't just show up in the New Testament. Yes, we have it through the blood of Jesus and it's a, a permanent covering of our sins, we don't have to offer the blood of bull and goats daily or yearly or however frequently or doves or, you know, sin offerings, we can come in under the blood of Jesus and do it quickly and remain under that blood and covering, but he was always a God that wanted to offer mercy to whomever would apply Mm -hmm. for it, whoever would believe him, who would stretch out their hand, their arm in faith and go, God, forgive me, I'm wrong, I'm sorry, and so I just love seeing that, um... Humility and that faithfulness Mm -hmm. that he... The faithfulness of God that he relied upon.
2: Okay. (laughs) Okay. Lord showed me that with Daniel's... Sorry. Daniel, that hit. He had a willingness to not only just pray and intercede for himself, but also pray and intercede for others. Mm -hmm. That's right. And... That's the kind of attitude that we should be taking up daily, not just trying to cover our own backsides or whatever we're trying to protect, but also pray that others will get it. Not like get harmed, but they learn the information so that they won't get harmed. or that mm-hmm.
0: they discipline? come into a, a knowledge of who the Lord is and repent from their ways, you mean?
2: <laughs> yes. Absolutely.
0: Now... Even from that, we can learn. And depending on what you're looking at, or what's going on, and whatever nation you're listening to, or right, we should learn from this and, and acknowledge our, our state, and not just our state, as in city, province, state, and not her. You know, not not just that, but I mean our spiritual state and where that is in relationship to the Lord, where it should be, and bring it into alignment. We, we have to acknowledge things first, right? How can we say we are right with the Lord right, and say that He's the Lord of our lives? We're saying we have no sin, right? That's part of coming in a relationship is acknowledging, hey, I am a sinner, right? And that's why we need the Lord, to wash away our sins, right? And it's all covered under His blood. He's already taken care of that with his work on the cross. But we have to come into that, receive it, accept it, accept him for who he is. And, and that is also a, yes, we're, we're told all the time, pray for all the saints. We're also told to pray for our leaders. Right. And in there is, a, is acknowledging, Hey, what we've done, how we've treated the Lord, how we've acted has not been right. And yet we, as, uh, individuals, but then also as a people, as a society, as a nation, whatever nation that is, have things that we need to bring before the Lord, repent from, and make right with him. So that's for all of us. In any every nation, in every place. So I, I would encourage us all to do that, to learn from this principle here. And and apply that to our lives regardless of what it looks like or how small. There are things that don't line up with the Lord's Word, and we need to repent from that. Mm -hmm. So when we look at it, and and I'll even go into the, the, the ministry, and the name of the ministry is a day of prayer. The reality is every day is a day of prayer, and every day there is so much to pray for. And we should be praying for it how the Lord praying for what the Lord is putting on our heart to pray for, and praying for it in the manner and the method that He is asking us to pray for it.
1: You know, I have a quick question uh, to pose, changing gears just a little bit, honey. Okay. Um, when I look at this, this prayer um, that is of repentance and. Um, I would also say like rededication, like God, we're coming back under and alignment with what you said. When I go back to the what chapter is that chapter six, where he was thrown into the the lion's den, the the great shalom that (laughs) Daniel walked in and executed. I I wonder, was it impacted by this this time before the Lord that he had Um, and just. I know that when when there are things that we're moving against in the spiritual realm, and we're combating things that the enemy is doing, especially um, when things are mounted up, making sure that we have clean hands before God is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when there's judgment going forth, sin is sin, and when the judgment comes out for sin, if sin is on the the believer has unrepented sin, now they are exposed. So coming before God with clean hands is important. So as I was reading this, this time that he had before the Lord and repenting and um, coming, even though he, from what I can see, he didn't appear to be walking in any kind of iniquity like on his day-to-day life, um, but he still repented. He still acknowledged that God is supreme and he still offered that to the Lord and i just wondered did it where did it happen in the time frame of this and i'm not saying anybody has to answer me on that but i'm just just thinking and the the confidence the steadfastness that is conveyed in chapter 6 from my perspective you know him facing his accusers and being quieted in that time and able to trust in the lord and confident um was this a factor there when when we have unconfessed sin, it's really hard to have a clear conscience towards God. Like full confidence, what I say to you, God, you know, you hear me and you answer. If you know that you have things lingering that aren't right, it's hard to be confident and bold before the Lord. I, I can just talk from my own experience on that. Absolutely. Um, and the Apostle John addresses that our, our conscience condemning us. If our conscience does condemns us, God is greater than our conscience. But if it is condemning us and bothering us, because there's something we need to make right. Um, But as he came in and was able to walk and operate in such, um, I'll say authority, but it was a quiet boldness, a quiet confidence that God would deliver him. And, you know, how many people could hear hungry lions, you know, <laughs> waiting for you on the other side and people locking you in with them would be able to endure that. Well, I mean, yes. The other three had already gone through the fiery furnace, so there are some, some points on that end. But anybody that has had a walk with the Lord understands that there's a, a, an opportunity to be afraid with every instance. There's an opportunity the enemy comes, mm-hmm. oh, is God going to do it this time? You know, sometimes there's an opportunity to have question with every new event, every new instance that your faith has to arise to conquer. So... That's just my mind. I was well, I no, was thinking no, about that.
4: Great point. Isn't God leading you there a lot of times, though, for paying attention to that? I mean, you, mm-hmm. you, you were sharing earl, uh, you know, a while back about how the two of you met mm-hmm. and how the Lord was speaking to you and preparing you for that. Mm-hmm. So if, if out of the clear blue sky he just dropped this guy in and said, okay, this is what I'm doing, it would be tougher to take that on the merit. But he prepared you for that. But also our lives are living testimonies in that as he – stretches and grows us in that. I mean let's look at Abraham. Here he's going to sacrifice his son. But let's look at what happened prior to that and what he was how that had been being mm-hmm. built up and how God had been leading him and showing him. But as always we can only go as far as the scriptures take us. Absolutely. He doesn't say it, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if God wasn't preparing Daniel for those things and it was consistent which for me that's that's been atypical in um, fellow believers, that's what I hear as well, too. It's, it's more, you know, I, I'm clear that this is the destination. I'm clear this is what God has been sharing with me because he, he starts that message kind of small a lot of times and then starts building on that because he's gracious and loving to us in that. And although there's it doesn't remove that component of stepping out in faith, but there's also a preparation for that as well, too, where there's a, there's a harmony in the way things are moving. Even though I may not like them, there's a harmony that's coming because of my relationship and my past experiences that I've had with God mm-hmm.
1: Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thank you yeah. Thank
0: The, you that, the when this occurred, we don't know exactly, it just says in the first year mm-hmm. um, that this uh, the readings of Jeremiah, Daniel's readings of Jeremiah was, was revealed um, and how he uh, says right in there that he made confession. Right? Mm-hmm. But then let's, if we go back to chapter 6, verse 22, when Daniel gives the, well, actually, he's asked by King Darius, right, who's the king at this time, was your God able to save you from the lions? Right? He's yelling, the stone's still there. He hasn't been brought out of the lions then. In verse 22, what does he say? He said, uh, the lions have not hurt me because mm. i was found Amen. innocent Amen. before him and also king i've done no wrong before you so i would say that this probably occurred before that right because we see him hey like things have been revealed that weren't right if you will and you know in whatever manner or method but as it were daniel still mm. felt uh, I'll say conviction, or, or in, in the way of, I have to apply this to my life. I have to confess sins, or whether it was known or unknown or revealed in the writing, or, or how it was that the Lord spoke to him. But he felt the need to do that and make sure that nothing separated him from the Lord, that there was nothing found in him. And what does it say? The, we have to look at the outcome. And the outcome and the testimony that Daniel had given by the Lord, obviously. He wasn't speaking about the Lord out of his own flesh, right? Because that's, you know, in Jeremiah's writings, we saw how that worked out, and it doesn't go well for, for people that attempt to be the mouthpiece of the Lord out of their flesh, mm. right? Mm. We saw that with Hananiah, as we mentioned in this, this discussion. Um, so clearly it came from the Lord that Daniel was innocent before him. As we are to be spot without spot, wrinkle or blemish, no sin or anything that would separate us from God and from His love towards us. Well, that, Nothing before Him.
4: there. I mean, I, it's it's almost impossible to believe that Daniel didn't know what was coming. I mean, here he was at the you know the, the the top of the satraps and governors. I mean, I mean he knew what had been signed. He knew what had been plotted against him. He knew the consequences of going back to his house and and praying with his windows open. I mean, you know, I mean, he, would he have been less a servant of the Lord had he closed his windows? I mean, I again, we can only go as far as the Scripture takes us, but I, I just can't help but believe that God didn't lead him into that. To Absolutely, leave the windows open, be bold. I got this. We, we're you're going to see the other side of this. Well,
0: but that was also written in Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. For this time, you'll be in this place of the state the entire nation of Israel. But then I'm going to bring you back. So he could put his hope and his confidence in the word of the Lord, whether he saw it with his own eyes or not. He knew what was going to happen. So mm-hmm. the, his hope, as is our, ours should be, hope, our faith, our trust, everything needs to be in the Lord. And what he has spoke both spoken to us and written in his word. It, they will support each other. They will be the same message if it's truly the Lord. Mm-hmm. So,
1: God does not violate his own word. <laughs> he does
0: not. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so there's a lot in there. So we're going to pause there for today. And we're going to pick it up again and I, I think probably continue this discussion tomorrow. All right? Mm-hmm. All right. Can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. Go ahead, sir.
2: Lord, just thank you for giving us everything we need to prepare for the trials that are coming up and not preparing us in a way that we get decimated. Lord, I also thank you for giving us boldness in you to go attack the enemy and not get put inside of a corner and again get decimated. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank
4: God
0: that we don't get decimated. Absolutely, <laughs> right. sir. I love it. <laughs> Dean, thank you, brother, for being here, being in fellowship and communing with the Lord. I, I appreciate you, and I appreciate the insight the Lord's given you. So thank you for sharing that with us and helping to build up all the saints. So, and for everybody listening, we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.
1: Bye. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ.